Hello, and welcome to another episode of my podcast, The Global Agora. My name is Andrei Matyshak, and I work as the Deputy Head of Foreign Desk in Slovak Davy Pravda, which, by the way, means truth, and it's not Russian Pravda. Aero Swift was named Person of the Year 2023 by Time. Does she deserve this? What makes her so special? Her skills as a musician? Her phenomenal commercial success? Does she already have a place among the best artists in the history of pop music? And can Taylor Swift run for the US president? I talked to Toby Königsberg, an associate professor of jazz piano and chair of popular music at the University of Oregon. Listen to our conversation. If you enjoy what I do, please support me on coffee. For the link, see also the description of this episode. And now, up to the new debate. Toby, are you listening to Taylor Swift's music? Yeah, I do. been a fan of hers for a long time, and I appreciate her ability as a singer and a songwriter and a producer and just an artist in the popular music industry. So yeah, I'm definitely a fan. So do you have any favorite song or an album? I do have a favorite album. My favorite album is probably Folklore. That is probably the album that most critics would choose as their favorite as well. It's a really special album by her. It represented a genre shift toward indie folk and was made under very unusual circumstances right at the start of the COVID lockdown. She was working in isolation, collaborating remotely with new people who she hadn't worked with before. She made the whole album in a period of maybe three or four months, just right at the start of the COVID lockdown, and then released it in July of 2020 when you know people were still quarantined. It very much reflected the mood of the quarantine, and a lot of people began to think of it as a quintessential lockdown album. So it's a really special album, a really unique and unusual album in terms of you know how it was made. And most critics, and I would include myself in this in this group, consider it probably her best work. You said you are a fan, but you are also a jazz musician with your own albums. So how would you characterize her music? In my interview, you mentioned that Taylor Swift was able to move quickly from country to pop and then to indie and folk pop, but she is more popular than ever. But even if there is a genre shift, I would say, and of course I am just a layman, I'm not an expert, but I would say, listening to her music, you can say it's Taylor Swift. Why does it work for her? I think she is somewhat unique. I think that it's it's hard for an artist to transition from one genre to another, but still maintain sort of enough of their own sound and identity that it doesn't feel like they sort of lost their voice. And I think she's really good at that. She's good at kind of maintaining certain characteristics from her music that people identify with her and that are, you know, things that she's really good at in terms of, for example, writing very relatable songs, very catchy songs. He's good at maintaining those things, even while she sort of changes the stylistic surface around her and changes kind of the genre characteristics that she's, you know, putting that voice, that songwriting, those things into. It's very hard to do that, to, to kind of maintain one's voice and the parts of one's music that are 
that one is best at, but then sort of change everything around those things and do so successfully as sort of have it all work at the end, you know, the end result and the musical product really work well. And I think it it represents a real facility and sort of like a musical virtuosity of hers that she is able to do that so well. And also consistently, she's done it multiple times now. She did it first from country to pop, and then she did it from pop to indie folk. This is just a thing that she can do, kind of maintain her voice as Taylor Swift and her songwriting craft while changing the genre. If we will be discussing Taylor Swift 50 years from now, or others will be discussing her, do you think she will be mentioned among the best in the history of pop music? That's a really good question. You know, it's so hard to kind of take that historical perspective when we're in the middle of it now. My sense is that she'll be talked about in the future. I mean, if, if I had to guess, my sense is that she be, she'll be talked about in the future as sort of a musical virtuoso, somebody who could write songs that are really high level consistently decade after decade now. I mean, she's been doing it all on, you know, one album after another for 17 years, which is really incredible. So I think she'll be known for that, just kind of for her virtuosity as a musician. And I think she'll definitely be known for kind of, I guess, just her success in the industry. You know, there's like a fan mania around Taylor now that people are comparing to Beatlemania. And there just aren't a lot of instances of that in popular music historically of fan mania at that level. I mean, you have like, you know, you've got the Beatles and you've got Michael Jackson and you've got several others. And now Taylor Swift, I mean, you can almost count them on one hand. And so I think people will talk about her for that reason alone. As far as other contributions to the music, I'm not sure yet. When I listen to Taylor Swift, what I hear is that somebody, what I hear is somebody who is a who's a phenomenal musician who makes really great music, but she's sort of working within established genres. She didn't bend country music or pop music or indie folk music. She transitioned from one genre to another and worked with it in those genres. But, you know, there are people in popular music who are innovators, who really did invent, you know, new forms and genres and things. We still talk about the Beatles in that regard. And so it's not clear to me that Taylor will be talked about that way in the future as like a major musical innovator who sort of changed the course of the music by creating new forms and genres and other things. I don't know if she'll be talked about that way yet. Do you think that she would master your genre, the chess, if she would want to? I feel that. Well, I'm sure that she could have, but you know, jazz is a lifelong pursuit, so I... <laughs> It would be difficult for anyone to sort of, you know, come to it later in life, I think, and really master it the way they, you know, the great master did. So, you said that we are witnessing some kind of a Swift mania, and Taylor Swift was also named the person of the year 2003 by the Time magazine. Does she deserve this? Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to say. I haven't really considered all of the actors there that go into, you know, naming someone person of the year. And of course, the competition is like everyone in the world. So <laughs> it's got to be, it's got to be, a, you know, a tough call. But I certainly think as a cultural figure, he deserves it. Like I said, I mean, historically, there are just so few people in the music industry who have accomplished the, the level of success that she's accomplished. It's really extraordinary. And so I think, like, when we're looking at the history of popular music that spans, back to the 1960s and and earlier and you're looking at someone who has 
done something that only a few other people throughout that whole history have done, I think you can make an argument based on that, that like, yes, they are a really special person for the times that we live in. And on that basis could be named person of the year. So I think there's a strong argument for naming her person of the year. But again, there had to be a lot of competition because there's a lot going on in the world. So I don't know how they make those decisions. It must be hard. Yeah, I agree. It must be hard. But I think that also her phenomenal commercial success has been very important when Time decided to name her the person of the year. Her tour, the Airhouse tour, is still ongoing, and it's the first tour to surpass one billion in revenue. Also, she had a successful movie. So I think all of those things were contributing factors. But I wanted to ask you about something else, not just about her commercial success. In the spring semester, Stephanie Bird, an English professor at Harvard University, will teach a new class, Terror Swift and Her World. According to the New York Times, nearly 300 students have already enrolled. We are also a university professor. Is Terror Swift a subject that should be taught? Yeah, I think she's absolutely a subject that should be taught because we study things that are important and relevant and that can make a difference to students in terms of the things that they know about and the skills that they have. And I think studying Taylor Swift, someone who is so relevant to the culture and especially for music students who is so successful and you know who has knowledge and who has skills that students need to be learning about, I think, you know, those things make a strong argument for the study of Taylor Swift. I mean, if you're studying popular music and not teach popular music, of course, I mean, if you're studying popular music then and you want to be successful in the field, then absolutely you should be studying the person who is, you know, the most successful in the field. I think she's worthy of study as a cultural phenomenon and also for music students as, as someone to, you know, learn from in terms of her success in the industry and how they can emulate it. So in general, and you already said a few words about it, but what kind of impact does Taylor Swift have on American culture and society? And if you would be preparing a class about her, what would be your focus? It, it would depend on the, the type of the class. If I were to construct, say, a songwriting class that's all about Taylor Swift's music, then we would look at how she structures her melodies and the topics of her lyrics and how she you know, repeats words to create hooks and various things like that. So, I mean, that would be one kind of class. If we were to look at her cultural impact and more of like a cultural studies class, I mean, I, I'm sure every professor would say something you know different in this regard, but for me, the thing that I would probably focus on most is her ability to have such a broad cultural appeal, which I think is something that's really notable about her is that, you know, for various reasons, she is able to to have this incredibly large fan base. And I think it's worth looking at, you know, how she's she's constructed fan base that's so large because, you know, that's the source of things like the billion dollar tour and, and all of these, you know, records that she's breaking. And I think if you start to look at, well, how is it that she did, you know, assemble this like army of fans? What you start to see is that um, 
she's done so in part by working in these different genres to where you know she had a period where she developed fans in country music and then she moved into pop music and brought a bunch of those fans in who were fans of pop music and then she moved to indie folk and brought a bunch of fans into the music and i mean fans and you know into her um, fandom who are fans of that music and at the same time because she's been in the industry for 17 years she also has different generations of fans. She has people who were in their 20s and in 2006 when her first album came out. And she has teenage fans now in 2023. And so she's got these different generations as well as listeners from different genres, country, pop, and indie folk. And so I think, you know, it's worth looking at how she's developed this just enormous fan base. And I think what I would class about Taylor Swift is how she has assembled that fan base from sort of these groups, um, these sort of subgroups, you know, different genre listeners and, and different age groups into kind of one kind of monolith that is like fans of Taylor Swift. That to me it is an important part of like how she became as big as she became. And that's probably what I would stud, uh, focus on in like a cultural studies class focused on Taylor Swift. But this leads me to another question that is related to her broad friend base. Your colleague associate professor of music, Terry Jurnobile, compared Taylor Swift and Beyonce a bit, and he also said that he thinks that the American culture would have a harder time seeing a black woman as a central cultural figure. Do you agree? Boy, that's so hard for me to say. I hadn't really considered that. He's a, a colleague of mine, and he mentioned that. I had never considered that idea, and I'm, I'm still kind of thinking it through and trying to figure out when I, you know, when I think about it, because um, certainly Beyonce is also, you know, really famous. She's a mega star. And certainly in, in popular music, historically, there, there have been black artists at the top of the music industry, like a Michael Jackson. So it, yeah, it's an interesting idea. And um, I would definitely want to give that some more thought, I think. Taylor Swift and her real or rumored love relations serve as a constant object of the U.S. media. Now everybody's talking about her romance with NFL player Travis Kelsey. Interestingly, it is reflected also in her songs. Do you think it's a way how she fights? Or in fact, how she at least partly embraces many times obsessive celebrity culture? Or is there a bit of both? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, she, like you say, she certainly embraces... I guess she embraces people knowing about her, you know, personal life in some ways, which is true for celebrities. You know, people read about their, their lives and they know, you know, who they're dating or whatever. They know things like that. And she hasn't really shied away from that because she writes about it in her songs. Now, arguably that can be, you know, considered something that an artist should be doing in popular music is, um, you know, talking about things that are meaningful to them. And there's lyrics and what's you know what's more meaningful than your relationships right so I mean it, you know it's it's maybe not just that she wants to tell the world about her relationships but it's also that's just what an artist does they express their emotions I do think though that she you know she's had a somewhat fraught relationship with the media and she's complained about how she's depicted in the media and she's talked about it in you know some of her song lyrics that she doesn't like how people talk about her in the media. I mean, I wouldn't say she resists media attention, but I think she doesn't always like the form that that attention takes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of a combination of things with her where she's, you know, not afraid to kind of like put herself out there, you know, as a celebrity and as a part of celebrity culture. Very often that works for her, but she doesn't 
always like, you know, <laughs> what ends up being said. So, I mean, I think those are kind of the dynamics around Taylor Swift as a celebrity. It both works for her. And then sometimes, you know, she complains about it and feels that it's not okay. The last two things. Taylor Swift endorsed Joe Biden in 2020, and she has an ongoing partnership with Ward.org, a non-profit, non-partisan water registration organization. Do you think she might have political ambitions of her own? Well, that's a great question. You know, I mean, it's purely speculative, of course. What I would say is that, I mean, something that I think is really interesting about Taylor is that it kind of doesn't seem as interested in things outside of music as some other famous musicians. Like, I don't know if you saw this, but, you know, she was recently declared a billionaire by Bloomberg and Forbes. And Forbes noted that the way she became a billionaire was somewhat unusual, that very often for celebrity musicians and, and actors and so forth, when they become billionaires, they do so through side hustles, you know, businesses that they become a part of for, you know, things outside of music, fashion, alcohol, whatever. Taylor achieved her billionaire status mostly just through music which is unusual, right, for a billionaire musician. This is to say that she she hasn't really shown a whole lot of interest outside of music. And that makes me wonder, you know, that makes me question whether she would do something like run for elective office, because even, you know, within the music industry, she tends to be known as someone who's like really, really focused on music to the exclusion of all of the other things that could be of interest to her. So that makes me think that she probably will not you know, be interested in, in running for office, but she's obviously a brilliant woman and has, you know, a deeply held political view. And so I think she could do it and she'd be effective at it if she wanted to. But it seems to me, it really seems to me that she just is a musician and that that is what she is and what she does and, and she'll probably keep doing doing that. I think that'd be the safest prediction. So no Taylor Swift for the US president? <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Would she win? Not, but I think she could win. This was another episode of my podcast, The Global Agora. Subscribe, listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on the other platforms. If you enjoy what I do, please support me on Coffee. For the link, see also a description of this episode. Thank you for listening and stay tuned.